0: Celtics looking for some wing depth. Two interesting and kind of opposite choices are in town on Wednesday. Plus, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum working out together. And which Celtics are in the mix for postseason awards? Some predictions right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champion. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on, number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the O'B. Corral, it's above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Prime time, deppin' up the truth on the sideline. Raining J's how it started, raising banners, how we finished, locked on, Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for now, usually every Monday through Friday, three days a week until the season gets back underway. That's, well, I'll count like a, a week leading into media day. How about that? We'll do that. We'll be back five days a week. More than that, six, seven days a week, some days, because it's going to be postseason podcasts podcast all season long. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast, watch the show on YouTube, get into that comment section. You know what to do. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. If you are a returning everyday listener and everydayer, love you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for making the show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I played a long time ago. No, I, I pointed on the YouTube page like I'm I was over here playing for the Celtics. <laughs> I wish, uh, but I did play overseas, and uh, that's that. Anyway, I'll be talking about guys who want to play for the Celtics today. That's part of my little rundown here. Uh, postseason awards, ESPN put out their predictions for postseason awards. I will run through those real quick and get into uh, where I think some Celtics might might fall. Uh, Tatum and Brown, video of them working out together. I'll talk about that in the second segment, but let's get into this report from Sham Sharania. TJ Warren and Lamar Stevens are meeting with the Boston Celtics on Wednesday to potentially fill one of the two or maybe both of the remaining spots on the Celtics. The Celtics have 13 players under contract. You need 14 to start the season, uh, you don't have to have 15, but the Celtics maybe will. I don't know. We'll see. So, an interesting choice. T.J. Warren is kind of bouncing around. He's he's going to turn 30 before the season starts. He, In fact, his 30th birthday is coming up. So, happy early birthday, T.J. Warren. Uh, September 5th. So he's going to turn 30 and you've got Lamar Stevens who is much younger. He's he's only been in the league a few years, 26. So he doesn't he he's 26 years old, doesn't turn 27 until next summer. So happy belated birthday, Lamar Stevens. Uh, you know, your birthday is my wedding anniversary, Lamar. Maybe there's maybe that means something. Interesting choice between the Celtics uh, between these two players. If it comes down to these two players, it's an interesting kind of dichotomy between these two guys. It makes me feel like, you know, so, so TJ Warren is the, he's older, still kind of in his prime, but still very much decimated by injuries. Uh, the, obviously the foot issues and never could quite get his, his, uh, his game back to where it needed to be when he got back from the injuries. So didn't play in twenty one twenty two. Played forty two games last season uh, between Brooklyn and Phoenix. Went to Phoenix in, in part of the uh, as part of the uh, Durant trade, and uh, is potentially a you know a, a high level scorer. We've seen him at his best be a nearly twenty point per game scorer. Uh, at his best, he shot forty percent from three uh in 2 years his in the 19 and the 20 season he shot 43% and 40.3% from 3 so he has some high level shooting in there but that obviously tapered off when he came back so with TJ Warren there's the potential the promise the possibility of shooting he has some high level shooting uh seasons in his resume he has some not-so-high-level shooting seasons in his resume. But he's a proven guy that can score. If he's fully healthy, he's shown that he can have the potential to score a lot. The Celtics need wing depth. The Celtics' depth at the wing, whether it's the three or the four, it it's kind of lacking. And so it makes sense to bring in these two guys to potentially work out for the Celtics and show what they have. Uh, the question is – well, there are ma- many questions. There are many questions when it comes to – signing these guys. First of all, uh, money is going to be a big thing. The Celtics are about $4 million from that second apron. How close do they want to get to that? How, how tight a dance will this be for them? What are they willing to do financially? So I would assume both these guys would be, uh, willing to take the minimum. If TJ Warren hasn't been signed yet, maybe he'll be looking for more. Maybe his workouts are going well enough to warrant a little bit more. We'll see. But if it's a minimum deal, then obviously that becomes a little bit more, uh, palatable for the Celtics. If it's, if it has to be more than that, I don't know how they get that done because then they get hard capped at that, that second apron. If they need to dip into that, uh, taxpayer mid-level that gets real dicey. You want to give TJ Warren $3 million and have be like really, really close to that that second apron you can do that but really you are you are in you're locked into this team you can you can change it via trade but the point is you, they have options but they probably are looking to spend minimums on on whoever it is so warren would be if he stays healthy he has the potential to be a big scoring punch off the bench that's not going to be much of a defender the other applies to Lamar Stevens who is not going to be much of a scorer but man you got a crazy defender on your bench he's a guy that has tons of energy has the ability to make some some good defensive plays and maybe the Celtics on a minimum are would be looking for a guy to come in and and be a defensive type stopper maybe maybe the depth that they bring is defensive depth now does that make sense with Joe Missoula, I would say if between between these two, Missoula as the head coach, you go TJ Warren. If Ime Udoko was here, here as the head coach, you'd probably pick Lamar Stevens and say, boy, he's gonna really help the Celtics hold teams to like 80. <laughs> he has the potential to to kind of be a uh, a lockdown, kind of high energy defender. Now three point shooting. It's not there. career 28% shooter shot 31 and percent this past season in Cleveland. It's an improvement. It's been steadily improving going from 16% in limited time to 27 and percent in limited. Uh, this is all like limited makes uh, going up to 31%, 31 and percent. So let's, let's do it by totals four of 25, his rookie year. 18 of 65 his second year. Last year, 30 of 95. So as he's taken more, the percentages have gone up. And you can say, hey, let's take a look at that shot. Maybe if he can shoot 36%, can you get him up to 36%? Can you get him up to just league average? If he can be league average with the defense, I mean, now, now we're getting back into Marcus Smart type arguments, but this guy would be coming off the bench. And hey, if you want to go full on defense, you want to go small with a defender, you have that option. If you want to go scoring uh, lineups, you have other options with with you know the 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 team that they have together right now. I can see the argument for both. I can see the argument for Warren, but unreliable right now as far as health goes. Very potentially high reward, high risk, high reward guy, not even high risk though, because if you're, if you're signing him, he's probably a minimum guy. So if it's a minimum guy, you're not even at high risk. the The reward is the potential. There's a pretty strong potential for a reward. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't pan out, then he doesn't pan out. And that's it. You you can cut them and minimal minimal impact. You don't want to cut people and have dead money when you're dancing, flirting with that second apron. But you could do it, and it's it, it was not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world. But could the Celtics do both? Could the Celtics take a chance and say, hey, why not try with a scorer and or in, get get the scorer and the defender and have your fifteenth fifteen spots all filled? The problem with that is the Celtics do have that 6 plus million dollar trade of player exception which during the course of the season I think they'd want to see if that's somebody something that they could use. I've said this before over over the course of this offseason. I don't want to corner the Celtics by filling all 15 spots. Br- bringing in TJ Warren would make some level of sense, you're going to take a flyer on this guy. Don't feel comfortable with the injury history. You want to go with Lamar Stevens. Hey, maybe you feel like he can be a much better shooter under the circumstances with better players around him. Maybe that, that level of defense is somebody that could really help. You want to go that route? Fine. Arguments can be made for that as well. However... We don't know how this team's gonna gel. We don't know how it's gonna look. We don't know how Porzingis is gonna feel with his his plantar fasciitis, if that's gonna be an issue at all. We don't know exactly how this is going to work. We don't know what Malcolm is gonna look like necessarily if he's gonna be fully healthy or if he's gonna be pissed off. We don't know exactly how Derek White's gonna look as your point guard. I think he's gonna be fine, but you just don't know. There's a possibility that anything, any one of these things could could go wrong. So all of that is to say, I don't want to fill both roster spots because you want to keep one of those spots open. So if you need to make an unanticipated move and you have that traded player exception, you say, okay, well, now you have this 6 million. There's a guy out there that you can go get. Maybe you maybe you need a shooter. Maybe you need another shooter, more shooting. Maybe you need another defender. Maybe, maybe you need some height. Maybe you need another point guard. Whatever it is, whoever it is, you have a tool to get somebody. You want to have that open roster spot. Again, you're so close to that, um, that line that you don't want to sign a guy and then cut him and have a little bit of that dead money there and make it. So trading for a guy, cause you bring somebody in with that traded player exception, you want to make it. So bringing that guy in puts you, puts you over that second apron. It's such a tight little dance. So. If they want to sign somebody to a minimum, go for it. Uh, if Warren wants to take it and you think that he's going to stay healthy, go for it. I can see the argument for Lamar Stevens, 100%. Um, wouldn't mind that signing at all if they if they went that route. He's younger, it would be cheaper, plus it's a league minimum. They would take, you know, uh, uh, they wouldn't have to pay quite as much because the league reimburses them for some. Makes sense there and that gives them a little more wiggle room to use their TPE during the season. So, interesting choices here for the Celtics. Interesting choices. In the meantime, Jason Tatum and Brown, seen on video, working out together this offseason. Don't see that very often. We're going to talk about that in just a second. First, today's show brought to you by Ibotta. You're going shopping no matter what. You're going to the grocery store no matter what. You're picking up burgers and hot dogs for that that weekend get together. You're picking up dinner for the family. Whatever it is, you're spending the money. So why not get cash back with Ibotta? You're going to spend money at the grocery store, produce, personal care, pantry goods. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of those items so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you are buying. You can link your loyalty account to the uh, Ibotta app or upload your receipt and you get cash back. And I say that again, cash back because you want cash. You don't want points. Points pile up and they can be meaningless. You want real cash back that you can put into a bank account, into your PayPal account, onto a gift card. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year, which could cover one shopping trip which you can give as a gift. That's $120 you can put onto a card for somebody without actually spending $120. So that's a great way to work around a gift. I mean, why not? You can also earn a a cash back at online brands, retailers like uh, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy. Ibotta is offering you $5 just for trying it. Just download The Ibotta app, I-B-O-T-T-A. Search for it in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, I-B-O-T-T-A. Use the code LOCKED when you register, 5 bucks just for trying it out. So it's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. Download the free Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED. You get $5. So make sure you're using that code LOCKED. Real cash back when you go shopping. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Check out the Lockdown NBA podcast I hosted today. This is my second podcast today because I was hosting Lockdown NBA with Jake Madison. We talked about James Harden being fined $100,000 for calling Daryl Morey a liar. We talked about the Chicago Bulls and Lonzo Ball, an interesting trade. Jake and I each came up with weird, wild uh, James Harden trades with Chicago and with Cleveland. Just kind of out of nowhere, we did that. Uh, So check out the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's fun. Uh, So I talked about T.J. Warren and Lamar Stevens. Uh, They would be fighting to back up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. There's video out there hanging out, if you search for it on Twitter, of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown working out with Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon is Jason Tatum's shooting coach, and Jalen Brown is in there getting some work in with Jay, Jason Tatum. This is, I've never seen this. I've never seen Tatum and Brown working together with the same coach over the course of the summer. Maybe I've missed it before. I'm not saying it's never happened. Maybe, maybe it has, maybe I've overlooked something. I don't know, but I can tell you, I've never seen it. And chances are, you might not have seen it. Regardless if you've seen it or not, this is such a good thing to see. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, getting together, getting some work in, so it it does, I don't want to say it puts to rest a lot of things, that anything Tatum and Brown, Tatum versus Brown, that you might still be harboring or somebody out there might still be harboring, that should be put to rest. What I like about this, what I like about seeing Tatum and Brown working out together is just continuing to work on their games together so they can each see what the other one is trying to do this summer. And they're each trying to kind of put the pieces together themselves. They are taking it upon themselves to kind of say, how can we work together? How can we make this better? How can we work better together? You know, this is more than just let's go, let's get a workout in whatever. I, I I like seeing these two working out together and there were a few other people in that video. I don't remember who it was, but just to see them, um, coming together, even for however long, even if it's just one workout, whatever it is, the fact that they've coordinated this, they got together, that they working with the coach, with Drew Hanlon on a variety of different moves and variety of different things that they each have to like court. They're there. Tatum is talking to Hamlin and Jalen's listening. Jalen's talking to Hamlin and Tatum's listening to have them work through all of that. And then afterwards they're not being like, okay, see ya. They're talking about like, I'm sure they're talking about the things that they're doing together. What, what did they just do? What just, what did we just see? You know what what are we trying to incorporate in our games? And everything that they do, every opportunity to do that together in the offseason makes them stronger, gives them something else to solidify that foundation, reinforces a lot of the things that they're trying to do. It's a lot of fun to see that happen. And you know, frankly, you don't see it a lot because. Different guys have different motivations over the summer. Different guys have, you know, hey, I need to go to this thing. Jalen Brown needs to go to some union thing. Jason Tatum needs to go to some Jordan brand thing. And, you know, time to sync up can be tough. Jalen's with his family in Atlanta. Tatum's with his family in St. Louis. You know, doing different things. And you can say, hey, what what are you doing this week? I don't know. It's it's hard enough for me and my friends to get together together I've known them since high school and it's like, Hey, uh, get together with, you know, pools open. Uh, okay. Uh, can't do it this week. Maybe next week. I uh, can't do it next. We live to get, we live like within 15 to 20 minutes of one another. And it's hard to get together just to hang out, drink beers and swim in a pool. These guys are not from the same city. They are, they're, they have their summer off. They're doing whatever it is that they're doing. It's it's hard to coordinate stuff. To get that together, I think, is meaningful. I think it means something for Tatum and Brown to figure out a way to get this joint session in and start to build on their games together. Stuff like that is important. I think it's it shows you know, I don't want, I don't want to overblow it. Okay. I don't want to overblow it because there is a tendency, especially now it's the end of August. We haven't seen basketball, uh, NBA basketball for a while. And you're, you're looking for every little thing. So I don't want to be like, this is the best thing ever. And this is going to show that they're leading this NBA. They're going to five championships. That's not where I'm going with this, but Two guys coming off the two seasons that they had, the way those two seasons have ended, finding the time to put together their 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 plan to, to, to combine their workout, to combine their the things that they're trying to do to make themselves better individually, to figure out how that fits into the team dynamic, it's something that i think if if i'm another celtic seeing that i feel like damn they're serious those guys are serious the message that i see from t- like if i'm a teammate i'd be like those guys look at th- they they are putting in the work together they are serious about getting this team to that next level it's a little message it's a little thing but i believe that those little things have value and send messages so i i like seeing that i think it's it's important those little tiny things you build on the little tiny things you add them up and they become big things you know you put all your pennies and nickels and dimes into a jar they become dollars and 5 dollars and 10 dollars they become that but you have to you have to have it all together it's it's, I, I, I'm, I'm just impressed with what I saw. Next ESPN hands out their predictions for the upcoming postseason awards. Where do the Celtics stand in that? Where should they stand in that? I'll talk about that next. I want to thank everybody for making lockdown Celtics. Your first listen every day. Again, if you're new and you're still here listening at this point, thank you so much for sampling the show. It's me, John Corrales. I have Tom Westerholm with me a couple times a week, uh, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, going back to five days a week in the not-so-distant future. uh, By the end of this, by this time next month, I think we'll be back to five days a week. So you want Celtics podcasting? You want Celtics content? I got your Celtics content. I got more Celtics content than anybody. All right, I've got it for you. So five days a week coming back up. And again, during the course of the season, post-game. Games on Friday, games on Saturday. I'll give you a podcast, okay? It might be a little bit shorter, but it'll be a podcast for you after those games. So uh, make sure you're subscribed. Wherever you get your podcast. watch the show on YouTube. All right, ESPN put out their awards predictions. And not a ton of Celtics representation on this. In fact, I only saw a couple of guys from the Celtics mentioned three guys, uh, mentioned from the Celtics. So let's start with the MVP. And, and, and this is something that we talk about on the lockdown NBA podcast, but I keep it Celtics focused here. They predict top five, Jokic, Giannis, Luka, Tatum, and bead. That's your top five. Uh, Jokic has 77 points and 42% of first place votes. Giannis has 58 points, Luka 31, Tatum, 13. So Tatum is more in that second. So it goes basically Jokic to repeat, Giannis, uh, Luka is a distant third, fairly distant third. Uh, But then Tatum, Embiid, Durant, like those guys are the next tier. Tatum's in that second tier. Uh, And then Devin Booker, Steph Curry are, are right below them. The question, and I've done a whole podcast on this. If you scroll back on your podcast feed, you'll see, can Jason Tatum become an MVP? I go very much in depth for a full half hour about what Jason Tatum needs to do to get to that next level. Right now, I think this is kind of where he belongs. He's, he's, I still think he's in that next tier down. Now, Luca is kind of that wild card. He's kind of in the middle. He's not quite at the top two. He's not quite in the, at that next thing. Luca is an interesting case. We can debate Tatum versus Luca. I think I think Luca is a much better offensive player. Um, Tatum is a much better defensive player. And and why why I say much better? Maybe not that much better, but Luca has the ability to manipulate the offense so much more. But he doesn't play much defense. Tatum does, and Tatum is uh, really good at taking advantage of what openings there are not quite the the offensive manipulator that Doncic is. So that's that, to me, again, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Tatum, being more of a puppet master out there on the floor, controlling the floor, controlling the flow of the offense, being able to see defenses. Remember, I did this this last time, and it worked. I'm going to do something a little bit different because they're going to remember I did this last time. I'm going to fake that. I'm going to go to this other thing. Just to have that, I, I just... It's a mentality. It's the ability to have that that kind of running calculator going in your head over and over and over again. I did this. They reacted that way. Now i got to do this. If I save that, now I know I have this counter to that move. I've done these three things off of this move. i got one counter to that that I'm not going to drop until the middle of the fourth quarter when I need it or late in the fourth quarter when I need it. You have a couple of things in your back pocket that you save that you know, I've hit them with this. They are expecting this. And then when I need to do something different, boom, I've saved it for that fourth quarter. That's the difference. That's Tatum's next thing. He's 26. He can get to that next thing. Can Tatum win the MVP next year? Sure he can. Sure he can. Now, Devin Booker is tied for seventh. I think Devin Booker, of all of these non, if I'm not picking Jokic or Giannis, I think Booker might be a line. I think the Suns have the potential to be really good pie up a lot of wins. I think Booker could be the guy that really starts to get a lot of MVP kind of buzz. Tatum can be right there, but playing aggressive, playing like I just said, uh, and continuing the defense could put Tatum up there. So interesting that, um, that he's fourth. Can he get up to first or second is going to be the real question. Uh, n- nobody cares about rookie of the year for Boston. They don't have that. Chet Holmgren is the number one for them in rookie of the year. I agree with him. defensive player of the year. Do the Celtics have somebody? They Robert Williams is 10th on this list. Got five points. Uh, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Uh, at the top of the list, obviously bam out of Giannis, Evan Mobley, Marcus smart is tied for fourth. Robert Williams. Can Robert Williams make any noise for defensive player of the year? Well, it would be an amazing thing considering that so many people said he probably should have gotten defensive player of the year, the year Marcus Smart did here in Boston. I, I'm i very curious to see what impact Robert has on the Celtics defense, considering Porzingis is here partially to be a defensive kind of rim protector without smart, those two guys, Porzingis and Rob especially are going to have to be, uh, kind of anchor that defense. I don't know how Rob's going to be used starter bench center power forward. I I don't, I don't know. Is he going to be able to roam the way he used to roam? Is it with Porzingis there? Is that going to take away some of the the plays that he makes, or is it going to add some of the plays that he makes? I have no idea. Rob would be a wild card here to watch, but I don't know if he's going to get enough to to be Defensive Player of the Year. I wouldn't put any of the Celtics in there. Six-man, Malcolm Brogdon is in there for six. I don't, I don't think people expect him to have that same impact. Chris Paul is number one, which is wild. We don't even know if he's going to come off the bench. Austin Reeves is second. That just might be a runaway train. I don't think the Celtics have a six-man of the year potential. Uh, however, however, Al Horford, let's just throw Al Horford into this mix. What if, you know, if Al Horford is coming off the bench, if he's hitting three pointers the way he hit them during the course of the regular season, and if he finishes games, then wild card, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. It's possible, possible, maybe sort of, kinda that Al Horford could be a six man of the year candidate. Keep that in mind. Uh, Can any of the Celtics be most improved? Cade Cunningham is their choice on ESPN. The only choice I can see, because I think Derek White had that potential. Robert Williams has the possibility, but I don't think he's going to get enough reps uh, or enough offensive touches to make that. um, Like I said, D. White kind of had his most improved season. There's the possibility maybe really out there that um the Celtics could get maybe um uh Sam Hauser that he could be uh, a potential six man of the year I doubt it but I mean uh, a most improved but if he's out there playing defense well enough could he get a most improved vote maybe if he can stay on the floor if he can hit a few threes a game, if he can average like, if he can average ten points a game, and not be a defensive liability, he'll get some votes. Coach of the Year. Nowhere on this list is Joe Mazula. Nowhere, and he was among the top uh, vote getters there for Coach of the Year this past season. No one believes in Joe Missoula. Now this is going to be a very controversial thing. Uh, he he has like this is. The expectation now is low on Missoula. I think with this new staff, with the the summer to prepare this Celtics team, I think if they have – I want to see what he does, obviously, scheme-wise, but it's not out of the question that you can go from not even receiving votes to in the mix for Coach of the Year because – I'm sorry, to th- like he he has a good team. He has the potential to have a very high scoring team if if they can get creative enough defensively where they um are able to have a pretty good defense and and they are top seed. Well, what do you want? A top seed if they're a 50 a high 50 win team. Top level offense, top 10 defense. That's that's kind of where you want him to be. So I'm not sitting there saying, watch out for Joe Mazzulla for coach of the year, but I don't see how a guy with a good team and a good staff and the potential to put up a lot of points and win a lot of games, how does he not get into the mix for coach of the year? We'll see. So I think the most likely thing would be Tatum finishing high in the MVP and then everything else after that we'll see. Um, yeah, that's it. That's going to be the end of the podcast. (laughs) So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I really do appreciate it. You new listeners. If you're new, you're just checking the show out. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the show. Still lots to talk about here over the course of the summer. So three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the next few weeks, by the end of September, five days a week, again, media day will be here practice will be here. Plenty to talk about. Uh, Whenever I talk to a player, if I get some interesting sound, you'll hear it. I'll share it here. So lots of inside access on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Like I said, I cover the team. I'm there. I'm a beat writer. Like this picture that I took behind me on on YouTube, that backdrop is a picture I took because I'm there. I'm at the facility. I'm talking to the players. You want that inside level access? I got it. So Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. If you are a regular listener, a regular watcher, I would love it if you share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.